Welcome to the Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 45 for patrons of News of the Day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. I'm Brad Binkley. Monica Perez is not with us today for the next couple of days, actually, because she is out representing at Freedom Fest 2021, hosting a stage there. She will be back on Monday, July 26th. In the meantime, we are going to post for patrons some of the podcasts that Monica is doing while up there at Freedom Fest. That should be really cool. Look for those to show up in the Patreon feed today at patreon.com slash propaganda report today and tomorrow and get that new material as well as hundreds of hours of commercial free content from Monica and me sitting in with us today helping us out is the host of a great podcast the mad ones podcast cam Harless cam good to be here with you thank you for joining us today you're doing right. you're welcome. Yeah, I'm I'm doing I'm doing well. I I love you guys. So when I get a text message from Monica saying, "Hey, do you want to help with the show?" I'm like, "Okay. Let's do awesome. it." Yeah, I'm <laughs> I'm excited too. It's going to be fun. Let's go ahead and dive in. The top story of the day is that Joe Biden is going to be having this CNN town hall tonight. And they do these town halls when they have these major propaganda pushes that they want to not roll out. They've already been rolled out. The messaging has at this point. But this is when they really want to amplify it to a broader audience. It's going to be at 8 p.m. tonight. Don Lemon is going to be hosting. It is really some propaganda in prime time that we're going to see. And among other things, Biden is going to no doubt be focusing on his administration's effort to stop the Delta variant by getting more Americans vaccinated and the primary way of stopping the variant and getting people vaccinated is that he is going to talk about how to overcome vaccine hesitancy by eliminating misinformation from the social media platforms. This is going to be interesting to me for really a number of reasons. It will likely be his most authoritarian pitch that we have seen yet, and he has given some pretty authoritarian pitches when it comes to talking about get the vaccine or you're going to die. Everybody's going to die if you don't get the vaccine. We need to get rid of this disinformation dozen. He likes to say these things, these authoritarian things, in this very low-energy, old man voice, so it seems harmless, but it's really not, and that's how he gets away with it, whereas if Trump could say things, Trump always had a little bit of a harsher, more energetic tone. Bravado. Yeah, Trump could say, let's go get a baby, a blue bib, and people would be like, oh, racist authoritarian. Biden tends to get away with that a lot more, also because the media is on his side, but another reason it's going to be interesting is, and I talked about this a little bit on the show yesterday, is that they're framing this rollout of this messaging as at this response to the Delta variant, as though it were a response in real time, Biden's response in real time to this crisis that will define his presidency, what he decides to do. This is absolutely not a real time response by Joe Biden. It's not a Joe Biden response at all. He is taking his orders from global think tanks. The plan comes straight from the Center for Countering Digital Hate, which is where the the disinformation doesn't originate it from. And I want to read to you, Cam. I'm, I'm going to go through them pretty quickly. These talking points from the Center for Countering Digital Hate. These are the recommendations, and this is straight from their playbook called the Anti-Vax Playbook. And Biden is citing from this group. It was even, there's a couple articles that even said he was pulling some of the data and talking points from this group. This is from 2020. This is from last year that this playbook was put out. The recommendations for what to do to counter misinformation and vaccine hesitancy. They break it up into the four categories. Those categories are for the public. So what, what to do if you're the public. For practitioners, what to do if you're a practitioner. For legislators, what to do if you're a legislator. And for the platforms. So they break it up into all these categories of society to push the, to push the messaging out. 
for the public. Here's what you're supposed to do if you're just a general person who wants to fight vaccine misinformation. Don't engage with anti-vaccine misinformation online. And what they're talking about here is don't even talk about it. Don't look at it. Don't think about it. Is that why my brother's no longer talking to me online? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> he has gotten infected by this Center for Countering Digital Hate. And this guy, the guys who are behind this stuff, when you watch some of the videos of them talking, they openly talk about using these emotional appeals and using atrocity type propaganda in order to get people just to accept what they are saying. Another one for the people to do is they say, spread pro-vaccine messages instead. Vaccine advocates should be louder about the support of vaccines. So they want you to push these messages out, repeat them, share the authoritative sources that they always say to share. And then the last one for the people to do is they say, shout about getting vaccinated. When you get the vaccine, you should go online, show your social proof, and you should work against anti-vaxxers by tweeting I had the vaccine and using Instagram filters and stuff, which we see people doing. So these are messaging points and strategies coming directly from the top. That is something I mentioned my brother because that is something that he's done Uh, in recent days. I won't tell you his name. I don't want you searching for him. But In recent (laughs) days, um, he posted like several pictures of him with a Band-Aid on his arm like they're all doing. And it had Walgreens or something on it. But he didn't just do that and say, hey, look, I got my vaccine. He put in this emotional... um, what's the word blackmail like i haven't seen my my whole family in a couple of years now and i really hope that they they all get vaccinated so that we we can see each other and my my son can meet his his uncle and i'm like hell that i'll die on (laughs) and that is what they're trying to do they're trying to turn people against each other with this messaging campaign the Surgeon General said something in his document that he released that what you need to do is, one, you need to get vaccinated. Two, you need to turn towards your family and say, are you going to get vaccinated? This is the only way out of this pandemic. So directly Mm -hmm. pitting families against each other. Like, so I think I talked about this with Monica, but I hate the carrot and stick analogy they use to try to get us to do what they want. And the Delta variant is the new stick. And oh, yeah. The, the threats, those that's the new stick, which is funny because you said just a, a minute ago something about how this is not real time reaction. And the first thing that came to mind when you said that was the fact that a few people were talking about a Lambda variant like three or four days ago. Yeah. So the, 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 the stick is back. <laughs> And it's funny you say that because one of these other documents they were talking about, this is the carrot and stick approach. They, they use that terminology, I the carrot it. and stick approach to push the messaging through. And the reason I bring this stuff up, one of the variety of reasons, is because they are acting like this is an urgent, urgent thing and that we're all going to die if we don't eliminate this misinformation and get the vaccine right now when this stuff has been in the works for a long time, long before any of us ever heard of the Delta variant. This stuff was out there. This document was written long before anybody heard of the Delta variant. So we should question their motives. When this stuff is being passed down, it was created six, eight months ago, and the result is going to be censorship uh, of free speech on these various platforms by the government and by the platforms themselves and self-censorship. That's what this is creating. Yeah. Well, they definitely want self-censorship, and that's very, very Soviet, the way that they deal with that, because the Soviets used families, friends to have them turn in their their family and friends. This is the same thing. It's just we haven't gotten we have gotten to the point it seemed to have passed. I think that was a little bit of the carrot over the summer. Some of this stuff has passed, but there were a lot of people turning in their friends and their family and telling people, telling on people. And it's 
oh, I can't handle being called a donkey by the government. I just, I, I hate the carrot and stick thing so much. It makes me so angry. And that's the way they talk about it too. So it, it is, they talk about this stuff. How can we get people to do things? How can we nudge them? How can we use the carrot and stick approach? How can we use Pavlovian techniques? They, it's very much a psychological, social experiment in the ways that they're trying to refine their quote, persuasion tactics. I would say coercion tactics. Here is the, I'm going to motor through the last of these for the practitioners from the playbook from the Center for Countering Digital Hate, what you're to do for if you're a practitioner, and by practitioner, they mean if you are working for a messaging campaign. You're to okay. inoculate against misinformation, and the way they want you to do this is they want you to tell the stories of those who have fallen ill through COVID or from diseases which existing vaccines protect against. So they want to hear those personal stories like we hear every single day on CNN, every single day on CBS, every single day in the paper where they try and personalize the stories to pull your emotional heartstrings and make you think that this one individual would apply broadly to everybody else. When in reality, it's generally not the case. There's generally some sort of underlying comorbidity. The second thing they say to do is tell the human stories of scientists involved in developing the vaccine. And what they're telling you to do here is they want to present... Look at the black scientists that worked on the vaccine, which Fauci actually did at one point. He brought a black. Let me bring the scientist up who were. Here's an African-American scientist for you so you you can believe the science. I mean, this is. This is humiliating type of propaganda, if you ask me. And then they want to promote clips and posts in the media from people who've gotten the vaccine, who are celebrating the vaccine to show that social proof. And then they want you to recruit a large and diverse group of authentic and representative message carriers. So for... <laughs> On TikTok, on Facebook, on Twitter, they want you to tap into the resources of people who have broad bases and are influencers on these social media platforms already. So it's kind of like they, uh, Anthony Fauci did a video a couple of days ago with – do you know who Olivia Rodrigo is? Uh, yeah, I saw that video. It was – was that not, one, the most awkward pairing of all time? And two, them talking about the Fauci prayer candle that people allegedly were literally praying to. It, oh, yeah. I, it's like he's a god, <laughs> like he's holy. It's crazy. It's it's insane. And I, I'll, all, all I'm going to say is that maybe uh, Alex Jones was right and we're in, we're in an information war. Maybe maybe Alex Jones is right. We are definitely <laughs> in an information war. He, he was a little ahead of ahead of his time on that. It makes you a little, little suspicious there. Now, the recommendations well, he, for platforms, and this is what we're going to see moving forward, is they say deplatforming works. Remove all prominent anti-vaxxers from your platforms. Hire human moderators. Stop allowing people to monetize anti-vax information. That is what is coming. We're already seeing it right now. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, it doesn't typically work very well, though, simply because Alex Jones is still a big voice. I'm not saying he's perfect. I'm not saying that he hasn't been used by the feds. In fact, I heard an, an interview where he said he does believe that at different times he was used by the feds and he didn't realize it. But I, the deplatforming is it's it's I don't know how it gets worse. I don't, I don't know how it gets worse. You know, they used Alex Jones as the big fish so that they could then take out all the lower fish. Monica the and I, we started, getting, yeah, we started getting censored after Alex Jones. We said it was going to happen, too, when it happened. I think this disinformation dozen that Biden brought up, which comes from the Center for Countering Digital Hate, is going to be those big fish that then it will trickle down to others. And when they talk about demonetizing, you're talking about patron. You're talking about other ways mm -hmm. that people uh, fundraise in order to 
put their stuff out there. And their final recommendation is for legislators, and they say hold platforms accountable. They say fines and criminal sanctions for platforms which host harmful medical misinformation, knowingly hosting false information, which leads people to risk their own health and the health of those around them, ought to be unacceptable in civilized society. It would be unacceptable for any other form of media to publish or broadcast this to an audience of millions. Any regulatory solution must include measures to deter this practice. And they want legal, legal liability for online forum administrators. And this is, this is more discussion forums that they're talking about here. And then they want transparency for the online advertising world, where they say a number of websites publishing anti-vaccine conspiracy theories and misinformation, which profit from online advertising networks, predominantly Google. So they don't want you to be able to advertise your stuff if you give out what they call misinformation. They're trying to cover all of the bases with this campaign. And I guarantee you, a lot of what Biden says tomorrow or tonight is going to reflect what is in this document. Yeah, well, in You'd never expect these people to be as transparent as they have been recently. I'm sure you talked about it, but the what, what's her name? Pisaki? How do you, how do you say her name? Because I don't actually pay, pay attention to her at all. Saki. Saki. She got on and said that they were doing. They were uh, supplying information to Facebook on who to ban. So it's like coming from the federal government, very anti First Amendment. They're telling Facebook who they should ban and who they should t- take care of. They're telling Facebook who they should ban, who they should take care of. And yesterday during the White House press conference, she said that they are in touch. The White House is in touch with every network over concerns about vaccine misinformation, Fox News, CNN, MSNBC. Mm-hmm. They're covering all of the mainstream news outlets and this is not news. The, the stuff that we're seeing is advertising. It's part of a large scale coordinated from the top. I mean, that's evidence of it right there out in the open. Yeah. We, and she talked about how they're talking to them about framing the messaging. That, that's not this is not news. This is propaganda advertising campaign being forced down our throat from the top. And they're out in the open about it. And that's what's amazing is how is it that it's only a few of us who see that? How is it that so many people have been trained so well over the years to see them give away the playbook and people go, no, 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 I trust them. They're right. It's that emotional, that tribalism, keeping people focused on what they hate instead of focused on what's really going on. It allows them to push these things through and actually get people to to beg for it, really. And I think that's what we're getting right now by demonizing anti-vax message and i don't even want to say anti-vax that's what they call it vaccine hesitant messaging or questions around the vaccine speaking of questions around the vaccine and somebody who could be labeled a misinformation agent Rand paul had a little (laughs) argument (laughs) oh yeah he had a totally real argument that was totally real and totally Anthony Fauci and Rand Paul were um, in a committee hearing and Rand Paul decided to say to, to mention that if you lie on under oath in Congress, that that's a felony and that and he said, yes, of course, if I lie under oath, it's a felony. And then uh, Rand Paul says, you said that the Wuhan laboratory with the NIH funding that you signed off on didn't do any gain of function research in their lab and we did not pay into that in, in earlier conversations. And uh, so then Fauci doubled down and said, but no, that wasn't gain of function 
at all. And he and Rand Paul goes, they're making it so that it can go from different animals to different animals to people. That is gaining function. And so this was this moment is the clearest depiction that I've seen in a good while of um, Scott Adams has this this concept of two movies playing on the same screen where you, you, no matter who's watching, they see what they want to see in that interaction. And so for people who are against the vaccine, who are against the COVID measures, they saw Rand Paul just wailing on Anthony Fauci. And everyone else saw Dr. Fauci when he turned around and said, no, Dr. Paul, or he didn't say Dr. Paul, no, uh, Senator Paul, you're a liar, that he won the interaction. And it, it's this beautiful moment where you actually see the two um, – champions in battle and i i like a lot of the stuff rand paul has done in the past but i can't not think that this was a planned interaction to placate people am i crazy for thinking that i don't think you are i think that rand paul even if you know they have these little debates like once or twice a month it's like a scheduled little fight that we get to see <laughs> our two favorites fight each other and, and yeah we get to cheer for the one we like everybody who cheers for Rand Paul is going to cheer for Rand Paul everybody cheers for Fauci is going to cheer for Fauci it could very well be planned or it could just be understood that we're both going to go in here at this at this time every month and put on this little demonstration <laughs> So the media will focus on it and it calls attention to these causes because what it really calls attention to, among other things, is the conflict with China. And right. that, is, that is what I think is brewing. I think we're going to start to see more and more about this conflict with China rising. But what the news did is the people on the left, they left out the part where Rand Paul was reading Fauci's actual definition of gain right. of function that he created. So Fauci rebuts him, and then Rand Paul is like, no, no, this was your definition from your institute, and he read it, and it fit perfectly what Rand Paul <laughs> had just described as the gain of function in the study. But the left media takes that clip out. Yeah. And so it completely changes the context of it, and they just show Fauci being the, you know, they might as well play Rocky music underneath it. Stephen. <laughs> Stephen Colbert actually said, okay, we're going to show you this clip of of Fauci, you know, socking it to Rand Paul. It doesn't matter what the context is. That doesn't matter. It's just, you're just going to see Fauci really knock him dead. So like he preempted his audience by saying what they're actually saying doesn't really matter. Well, not to mention that there's so much priming that goes in to these things. So like Stephen Colbert, he's the I mean, he's terrible at it, in my opinion, but he's the spoonful of sugar to get the narrative down. Like, this is why this is funny. This is why this is great. Let me prepare you <laughs> yeah. for for you to pick up what you're supposed to believe here. And it's just it, it's just incredible because it's it's like I want to believe that Rand Paul's going to win and that this is going to be the nail in Fauci's coffin and he'll be fired. But do you actually believe that that's going to happen or if that's just going to make the people out there who are still susceptible go, Hey, I think that the system works. It's going to, it's going to work itself out. Fauci's going to be gone. Well, Fauci wasn't gone after the AZ AIDS crisis with AIDS. Yeah. So I yeah. don't think he's going to be gone now. I think he's too much of a high level player. Did you hear about monkeypox? I saw some headline about that. I didn't read it, though. I didn't read it either. But all, all I know is I saw a headline that said that there are like 27 places monkeypox has come into America. And I just retweeted it and said, Dr. Fauci is licking his lips. Yeah, he's got another one, doesn't he? <laughs> monkeypox. Yeah. 
Fauci, yeah, Fauci will be at the center of the monkeypox controversy if it arises. There's no doubt about that. He's already got a vaccine in the works, I'm sure. <laughs> to what you said about Rand Paul and Fauci, the thing that really bothers me about it, and I know that there's only so much you can do. You got to do what you can get away with when you're in these government positions. If you go too far, yeah. you'll be the Ron Pauled out of there, and they'll they'll ask you questions like, "Mr. Paul, there was a supporter of yours down in Texas. This happened in like." 2012 when he ran they brought him Mm -hmm. on fox news they brought ron paul on and the commentator said mr paul there was a supporter of yours down in texas who was claiming that you had sexual relations with and like and she said another politician and it was just the most ridiculous question (laughs) and she kept saying it and she was like would you like to denounce that supporter and tell him to stop doing that and of course if you do that then you're gonna have to do that for every crazy person that says something but Rand paul just took the mic off and just left because it was a joke And, and so i think Rand paul tries to stay within the bounds of not having that happen by not doing things like I would suggest him do, which is next time he has one of these little meetings with uh, with Fauci in front of everybody, just play Carrie Mullis talking about how Fauci doesn't know anything, how Fauci will lie to the American people, how that test that he created, Carrie Mullis created the PCR test. The PCR mm-hmm. test is the test that was used to start this pandemic. Everything about this pandemic was based on. It is not designed to detect a virus. The creator of it, who won the Nobel Prize for creating it, is very clear about this, and he's very clear about how he dislikes Fauci's use of this. This guy died in August, right before the pandemic started. I would like to see Rand Paul, play that clip of Kerry Mullis to Fauci, to everybody, and make Fauci criticize the guy who he based all of the test results and the start of this pandemic on. But it's not going to happen. No, they would never let that happen. No, they would cut his mic (laughs) immediately. Well, but, you know, but that's the good thing is you do get these, uh, well, I say good thing, entertaining thing is you get these clips and it's like uh, when Rand Paul like leaned back as Fauci was calling him a liar and just took a sip of his water like he didn't give a shit. Excuse me. I said a bad word. Uh, He didn't give a crap about what Fauci was saying. That's a great moment. I mean, it's all it's it's all narrative. It's all very. it's, it's they, a storybook. Yeah. They cut to that also. So they have multiple cameras in there, and the camera operator, just like you would in a television show, instead of staying on Rand, he cuts to that dramatic reaction from Fauci, or he cuts to Fauci when he's getting all worked up and bobbling his head around <laughs> like a bobblehead. Like so, they know they they present these things in a very cinem- cinematic way. Yeah. Well, and, and that's what was the one thing I noticed about that video was that after Fauci says that, and you see. Rand Paul sipping on his thing. Um, There's this moment where Fauci like looks around to try to find like someone that agrees with him. There's this very brief moment of him trying to find like affirmation. And I find that hilarious. Yeah, I saw that too. Yeah. Check out that video. If you haven't saw it, make sure you watch the full one and not one that you get from CNN or even Fox news. Watch the entire one. Decide for yourself before we get to our last story of the free 30 which is going to be about a perfect example of controversy marketing under the guise of news that many people on the right fell victim to recently before we talk about that i want to tell you about what we're going to talk about in the patron 15 which is has the state of georgia finally legalized weed and why that might not be such a good thing and an alabama councilman combats racism with racism 
And of course, a big thank you to the sponsor of today's show, LibertyGear.net. Liberty Gear is an online store filled with masks, shirts, and even some cool posters, including protest gear such as the Obey mask, the PSYOP mask, the Flatten Lies mask. A lot of great masks there, a lot of funny masks. Check them out. Even if you don't want to buy a mask right now, but businesses might require them, so you might want to get one for the future, just in case. Hopefully not. Get one that's going to make a statement. Get one that's going to make people laugh, and it's going to help like-minded people identify you in the community. So, go to the site, libertygear.net. Chances are there's something there that is going to give you a much-needed laugh. Got other products as well. You can get some souvenir to help remind you of these crazy times right now. And if you're looking for something that you don't see, keep in mind that they love new ideas over there, and they take requests for custom gear. You just need to email them through the site. So, please support a fellow Liberty Lover and Propaganda Report listener one that we all know and love, and get a 10% off discount of all merchandise with the promo code PROPAGANDA, all lowercase. That's libertygear.net. Check it out. PROPAGANDA, all lowercase. And I also want to encourage you all to, if you have not yet, check us out on Rockfin at rockfin.com slash propaganda report. Rockfin is kind of like a combination of YouTube meets Netflix without all the censorship in that you pay $9.99 a month and you get access to everybody's content on the platform, which includes people like Sam Tripoli, like the Mad Ones here have exclusive content on there. Scott Adams has content on there. Whitney Webb, fantastic content that you're just not going to find on YouTube anymore because it gets censored off of that platform. But since we are on this platform, Rockfin, that does not censor, you are able to get access to this information that you cannot get anywhere else. So check it out, rockfin.com slash propaganda report. I actually, we we, con- we deconstructed a video months ago, back, back in December, that was about the Center for Countering Digital Disinformation or Digital Hate or whatever the name of it is. And they rolled out all these talking points back then. And now here we hear Biden talking about them now. So you can check that out there. That's rockfin.com slash propaganda report. Now on to the final story of the free 30. So I was watching Brian Stelter's show. I think most people who watch the show hate watch it. I think it's hate watching. I think that's all it is. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think anybody else really watches it. But toothy I, it's, potato. Totally. It's he's a toothy potato. It's called Reliable Sources. It is the most unreliable source on the planet. But he had an interesting guest on the other day. And the guest was a guy named you probably remember him, Michael Wolf. Michael Wolf is the author of that book, Fire and Fury, that came out a few years ago that caused all this controversy because it made all these claims about Trump that were backed by literally zero sources. Every source is unnamed, and it even came out that he definitely dramatized it. He even admitted to dramatizing it, and there was just no credibility to it at all, but it was spoken about for weeks on end as though it were the most credible source ever, when in reality, when you read the book, and I have the book because somebody sent it to me, it reads like a, a fantasy fiction political thriller is what it reads <laughs> like. It's so crazy. Here's what happened. He's got another book coming. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I saw this clip, by the oh, way. Oh, did you? I, I watched this. I just happened I happened upon it. And as I was watching it, I was like, wasn't that guy that did that really crappy book about Trump? What is going on? And it, please describe this. because Yeah, he's got another book come out. It's called Landslide. Okay. And, and it's about Trump's final days of delirium in the White House. That's how it's described. 
Landslide, Trump's final days of delirium in the White House by Michael Wolff. So you can tell by the, the title and the presentation there, there's going to be a little bit of drama added to it. So he goes on Stelter Show. And if you remember him from the previous book, then especially if you aren't a progressive who just swallows it all whole, then you're probably going to not give any credibility to this guy. You're probably going to be like, oh, this, this clown again. But here's what happened. They talk about his book for a little while, and then hilariously, and he, it was very funny the way that he did it, Wolf starts bashing Stelter. Yeah. Just to his face, on his own show, he starts telling him that he's part of the problem. He starts even defending Fox News, but kind of in a way where he still criticizes him where in he says you, yeah he says you say fox news is, is this but you're this you're just as terrible as them you're the other end and you're horrible and he says nobody wants to get the news from you brian stelter you're the problem you need to talk less you need to listen more shut up nobody wants to get information from you and, and if you're watching that and you've been following brian stelter and if you've never heard of michael wolf you're standing up and giving like a round of applause going yeah that's everything that i've ever felt about brian stelter so he did a good job of reflecting that feeling what that did was it is it gives him credibility and it got him viral on the right so everybody on the right is tweeting michael wolf bashes stelter slams him to his face on his own show more press than he could have imagined getting he was the top trend his book stelter show both the top trend for a couple of days sales going to be increased because if you don't like brian stelter and you don't know much about michael wolf and you see him criticizing stelter you're going to be more inclined to buy this book not really knowing what it's about because they didn't really talk much about the content of the book all they did was do a fake fight that they were kind of laughing their way through i mean they were trying to prevent themselves from watch it again and watch how kind of their Obviously, they talked about this fight they were going to have before, kind of like the the Fauci Rand Paul thing. Right. But I think here is just a little more. Just they couldn't even hold in their their smiles. This is controversy advertised. This is a marketing tactic that is used all the time. Trump used it all the time. Trump talks about it in his book. It, it's it's if you pick a fight with somebody who is a prominent figure in your field or who is somebody who you know an audience you're trying to reach does not like, then you will get people. To your product. And this is what happened here. The right on Twitter advertised Michael Wolf's anti Trump book for him because Michael Wolf bashed Brian Stelter. And that's what happens all the time. That's yeah. what most most news, when you see these interviews on the news, start to kind of keep a tally in your head about how many of them are actually somebody promoting some BS book that's already number one on Amazon. Yeah, that, that's what was so weird to me watching it because I was like, you know, this is good stuff to say to Brian Stetler. But I was like, this is the guy who is very against the right. Like, I don't believe a word that he's saying right now. But and, and I do think it absolutely was a fake fight. But when you watch um, the toothy potato try to fake laugh through it, it's incredible because you can actually look into his eyes and see that there's some pain there. <laughs> I do think it hurt him, and that was my favorite part of the situation. <laughs> That's how it works, man. We used to do this improv game where it was called Real Stuff, or Real S, where the idea was you get two performers on stage who know each other well, and for the purposes of the scene, you get a real suggestion, but for the purposes of the scene, you just say real stuff about the other person that you know they're very vulnerable about. Oh, and wow. 
it's hilarious, but the same kind of thing you said there. People are laughing, but you can also see that real feeling of pain in their eyes. And that's probably a little bit of what they did here. My favorite part of the interview was that at the end of it, Brian Stelter, or not Stelter, the other guy said... Michael Wolf. Michael Wolf. I don't know, Brian. I'm just a book salesman. And that's how it ended. And I said, yes, you are. And that's exactly what he was doing. So... Watch out for those techniques because they give us advertising. They give us propaganda under the guise of news. All the free, they're always selling something. There's going to be a book probably written called How We Advertise the Vaccine to America, which is going to model the book called How We Advertise America from the World War I propaganda campaign. This is the largest scale mass advertising propaganda campaign, most coordinated one in the history of mankind that we are experiencing right now with this vaccine. Do your own thinking about it. Make your own choices. Don't let yourself be bullied into taking something that you're not ready to take or that you don't want to take. Or if you do want to take it, then take it. But do it of your own volition. Do not be bullied. That is what they're trying to do. If they don't want you thinking, then that is the problem right there. And they definitely don't want us thinking. Any closing words, Cam? No, I, I, I agree with all of that. They definitely don't want us thinking because if you have an ounce of critical thought in your head, you don't buy any of this stuff. Yeah. It's so clear, but yeah. they, they know that if they put up the bread and the circuses, they put up the fake fights, they do this. You don't have to think you have people fighting for the thoughts that they've already given you. It's a great way of putting it right there. I think that's a great way to wrap the show up too. You guys can find your drive time news blast every weekday afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform of the propaganda report podcast feed if you want access to that extra content i was telling you about go to rockfin.com slash propaganda report or you can also go to patreon.com slash propaganda report you can find our content that we released every day that we release a dmb we give you 15 extra minutes ad free on patreon as well patreon.com slash propaganda report we will talk to y'all on the patron 15 or tomorrow have a fantastic rest of your day